what Poles is saying there, Alyssa, is if I didn't pull the trigger for Montez Sweat now, I could lose him. And to me, it's like, while it is annoying that like, dude, you could just go sign somebody else who's, I mean, in the same ballpark as Montez Sweat, give him 24 to 25 million a year, whatever it is, and you're going to get that pass rusher in here. But to me, it's like, Poles is basically telling us that he identified the guy he wanted, right? He wanted Montez Sweat. He wanted him bad enough that he gave up a second round pick just to bring him in here and have the exclusive rights to negotiate him with him, right? Because we're all not naive enough to think the Bears are making a Super Bowl push now with Montez Sweat, right? It's not happening. So he did this to have the exclusive rights to negotiate with this player and get him locked up before the season ended. And he executed that plan. And I'm not going to rip him for that. I'm If people want to, totally get it, right? Because that's a, a big price tag to give up for a player just to negotiate with him and make sure you sign him. It's a second round pick for Montez Sweat, right? Uh, so I get if people are upset about that. But to me, I'm like, I'm not going to rip Ryan Poles for identifying the guy he wanted, Alyssa, the guy that fits his vision, whatever this is, whatever he wants to do on the defense, because I think we all agree there's a lot more work to do on that defense. He identified the guy he wants. This is the first big move. I'm not going to rip him for that. Welcome into the program. Ryan O'Leary here, along with my good friend, Alyssa Barbieri. You're listening to the Bears Wire podcast. It's powered by the USA Today Network and available wherever you get your podcast. We hope you stick around all season and subscribe. You can find this show wherever you get your podcast. How you doing, Alyssa? I'm doing good. Um, I mean, man, another disappointing loss, uh, though, but it felt very, we were talking about this right before we hopped on, it felt very familiar to last season. It was kind of like, oh, okay, at least they're competitive. They stayed in it. You know, I didn't have to write my post-game column, you know, at the start or at the end of the third quarter like I usually do. So, I mean, there is that change. Um, and then now we have a short week and back on Thursday Night Football against the Panthers. So, it's it's been a busy week uh, for sure. I haven't gotten a lot of sleep. <laughs> no, I mean, I just picture Al Michaels like just looking at this game. Bears, Panthers. I think it's exciting for us for a lot of reasons, which we'll get to later in the show. But can you imagine being Al Michaels, just looking at his, looking in the mirror, Alyssa, in the morning, just screaming, why for this game that he has to cover? <laughs> He's already had Bears commanders. Now he has Bears Panthers. Uh, should be fun for Al Michaels. Didn't he, compa- didn't he complain about that earlier in Probably. the year? I think before the, the Bears commanders game or something. I don't I'm know. I'm like, poor guy. It's going to get worse. I don't so know, but I'm, I'm sure he did. But that game is fascinating for a lot of reasons for us. We'll tell you why in, in a little while. But I want to start with the Montez Sweat extension, Alyssa, because we have not yet reacted to this. This uh, went down on Saturday before the game. So obviously, we don't need to recap this too much, but the Bears traded a second round pick to the commanders ahead of the trade deadline. And then they signed Montez Sweat a few days later. Four years, $98 million, uh, on the extension. So first of all, thank goodness, Ryan Poles, right? You had to get this guy signed. If you didn't, then we would just be forced to rip you all offseason, right? So thank God he got this done, Alyssa. Uh, but I want to get your take on this, right? Because it is uh, just a very interesting thing. It's debatable whether this was the right move in the first place. Poles is a lot smarter than me. But I tend to think that if you're willing to pay $24, 25000000 million a year for a pass rusher, like the deal they just gave uh, Sweat, I would assume you'd still be able to get a premier pass rusher in free agency, right, this offseason and still keep that second-round pick. Wouldn't be Montez Sweat, maybe, but you'd still be able to get a premier pass rusher if you're willing to pay this kind of money. So why trade that second-round pick? You know what I mean? So this is a very debatable thing. I do have a take on why I'm okay with this at the end of the day, but what do you think? I mean... 
the whole situation, them trading for sweat, all the uncertainty, sweat coming out and saying, I don't know, I got to do my due diligence before I talk contract and where everyone's pulling their hair out. And then a couple of days later, he signed for your extension. Yeah, I think the reason that a lot of people were skeptical about the trade um, when it was made was because he was on the final year of his contract and they hadn't done, you know, laid the groundwork to get an extension done. And, you know, it took a few days, but I mean, you got to give it up for Montez Sweat, who somehow managed to, you know, he moved to Chicago quickly and he landed a massive $98 million extension before he even stepped foot on the field for the Bears. So, I mean, good on you, man. Um, They had to get it done, right, right, Ryan? We talked about that last week and it's fair what you were talking about. Why are you going to go out and shell out this kind of money? Or, you know, a pass rusher when maybe you could wait for the draft. But I think it kind of speaks to how we've seen Ryan Poles handle some of these situations in the past where he locks in on his guy and he's going to do whatever he can to make sure that he stays. And also, because this move was made with Sweat on the final year of his deal, we talked about it. He, Him and his agent had all of the leverage here in negotiations. And if you're Ryan Poles, you have to get this deal done. And the longer it drags out, the more, you know, it's just going to linger and the higher that contract is going to go because you have to get the move done. So I feel like Saturday news dump, right? You got it done before he stepped on the field for the first time as a bear. I think it's a move, obviously, that you had to make. Good to see it get done because that was the one thing. Like reading, you know, the reports that were coming out, like, oh, no. You know, they hadn't laid the groundwork for the deal yet. And it's just like, oh, no, please do not screw this up. Please don't you know, let this spiral into something. But <laughs> right. it, it's just good to, you know, you you lock down. It, it was crazy. Montez Sweat just got here a few days ago. He goes out on Sunday and he's still the best defensive lineman on the field for the Bears. And I think he's well, we'll see ultimately whether he's deserving of, you know, that 25 uh, roughly million per year price tag. But. I don't think it's really surprising. Uh, and, and again, good to see it get done as quickly as it did. Yeah, for sure. It was almost like, it was almost disappointing. There was just no drama, right? I mean, <laughs> but uh, on the other side, it was really cool, right? It's really cool to see him get to Chicago, sign a contract, ready to get to work. He gets right on the field and, and just says after the game, hey, we gotta, I got to keep working. I got I, I to gotta get in here. And now I'm a bear, right? It's like, there was no drama about, oh, you know, we got negotiations. We'll see what happens. None of that. Like he just, he squashed it all before the game. Then he went out and played after getting there on Tuesday. I thought that was a really good look, but again, I mean, a little disappointing. That drama could have carried us through the offseason a little bit of this. So that could have been some fun topics. Montez sweat screwed that up. What are you doing? Montez? Come on. Don't know, Ryan. You, we have plenty of drama to talk <laughs> we, about this offseason. Do. We don't need these shows to be any longer than they are. <laughs> we do. Yeah, I know. It was just like, man, no drama there at all. I, I guess the drama is safe for Jalen Johnson. We could talk about that here in a minute, but I think, you know, as I said earlier, Poles is a lot smarter than me. He has a plan here. He talked about it. He said, you know, he was asked by the media. He, you know, he does a good job after these big moments where he makes key decisions. He does meet with the media. He's transparent. I, I respect him for that. The media gave it to him a little bit, asked him about why are you trading for a guy with an expiring contract like this in your position? He said, quote, you start to lose opportunities by waiting until after the season. It's really hard to see dot, dot, dot. If you look at the free agent stack now, it's going to look very different by the time you get to the point of the year, that point of the year, I'm sorry, because there are so many different opportunities that can pop up in terms of extensions, tags, different things like that, yada, yada, yada. What Poles is saying there, Alyssa, is if I didn't pull the trigger for Montez Sweat now, I could lose him. And to me, it's like, while it is annoying that like 
dude, you could just go sign somebody else who's, I mean, in the same ballpark as Montez Sweat, give him 24 to 25 million a year, whatever it is, and you're going to get that pass rusher in here. But to me, it's like, Holes is basically telling us that he identified the guy he wanted, right? He wanted Montez Sweat. He wanted him bad enough that he gave up a second round pick just to bring him in here and have the exclusive rights to negotiate him with him, right? Because we're all not naive enough to think the Bears are making a Super Bowl push now with Montez Sweat, right? It's not happening. So he did this to have the exclusive rights to negotiate with this player and get him locked up before the season ended. And he executed that plan. And I'm not going to rip him for that. I'm If people want to, totally get it, right? Because that's a, a big price tag to give up for a player just to negotiate with him and make sure you sign him. It's a second round pick for Montez Sweat, right? Uh, so I get if people are upset about that. But to me, I'm like, I'm not going to rip Ryan Poles for identifying the guy he wanted, Alyssa, the guy that fits his vision, whatever this is, whatever he wants to do on the defense, because I think we all agree there's a lot more work to do on that defense. He identified the guy he wants. This is the first big move. I'm not going to rip him for that. He, he identified the guy, went and got him, got him signed. Okay, let's go. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, I think we've seen from polls, he's anything if consistent, right? Which we saw him last year when he went out and identified a need and looked ahead to free agency with wide receiver, which is why he went out and he made the Chase Claypool trade, which obviously in hindsight, looking back at it a year later, obviously it was just a complete and colossal failure, but he did it with the future in mind, looking ahead to free agency, looking ahead to the draft, perhaps even, I think you could talk about the Montez sweat move, trading that second round pick, you know, you know, there's still, we still have a little bit uh, of ways before the 2024 NFL draft, but you know, there are a lot of draft uh, guys out there saying that, looking at in the second round, if that's where you were targeting, taking a defensive end, because let's face it, you have two first round picks. Yes, but you have multiple needs, right? And you could very well be spending one of those first round picks on a quarterback. We, we shall see. Um, so looking ahead to the second round, you know, maybe that's what Ryan Poles is doing being like, okay, there's not really any, you know, guys that we could see there that would give us what Montez Sweat does. So, you know, I feel good, right. You know, using that second round pick to go out and get him. So, I mean, Again, like you said, this is Ryan Poles finding his guy, going out, bringing him in, getting it done. And hopefully, uh, and I have I have faith that it, it should work out a lot better than, than the Chase Claypool trade did. But Yes. And, and it's nice to see him again, Ryan Poles, go out and just get the extension done. Get it done as soon as possible. This isn't a, uh, going to be a distraction of any sorts, um, even though there are uh, – there is one particular contract extension that I know we're going to get to that could become a distraction. Well, let's just get to it. It's Jalen Johnson, right? We talked about this at length last week. It's like Jalen Johnson. He's negotiating Alyssa. He's looking for a new contract. The Bears know it. They were reportedly, they're, I'm sorry, they were reportedly not even close on this deal. So they granted permission to go look for other teams, maybe a trade partner. Jalen Johnson looking for a way out. It doesn't happen. He's saying all the right things ever since he's gotten back, but I, I can't believe he's thrilled that the Bears trade for Montez Sweat and then hand him a bag of money a couple days later, right, Alyssa? He can't be. And I know you've written on Bears Wire a little bit, like if these negotiations continue, these contract negotiations, and they don't get any closer and they can't make a deal, uh, Jalen Johnson could be heading for a franchise tag or something like that, and that's just never a good thing for either side, especially for the player side. They hate that, so... But we're not going to get the drama from Montez Sweat, unfortunately. He squashed it all. I guess that's good on him, as you said. But there could be drama brewing with Jalen Johnson, right? Definitely. We could be talking about this one long into the the offseason as we get rolling on 2024 down the road. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, Ryan Poles has been quite active 
uh, this season when it comes to contract extensions. First, it was Cole Komet uh, right at, right before the start of the regular season. Uh, and then you had Andrew Billings, uh, who's been just an absolute force in, in the in the run defense, which has gone from 31st to top three in the NFL. So he got a nice extension. And then Montez Sweat gets his bag. And now it's about Jalen Johnson, right? And one of the things, you know, that he he talked about, he met with the media last week and we we briefly talked about this. You know, he was asked about, you know, the Bears going out and trading for Sweat and with with the assumption that the Bears were going to extend him because again it it's just common sense and you know Jalen was like uh, he he was saying like well you know or he was asked what did it rub you the wrong way and he's like well no it's not like they went out and traded for Sweat and then immediately signed him to a contract <laughs> extension um, I mean I guess four days is, is that enough for you Jaylen? yeah four days does that lessen the blow a little bit no no it can't right <laughs> no. Not in the slightest. So we we've seen Ryan Poles, you know, uh, go ahead and reward players that have earned a Cole commit. And we've, we've seen that this season. He like, he was just uh, an absolute force on Sunday against the saints. And he's been a consistent security blanket for whichever quarterback is out there, whether it's fields or Bajan. Uh Andrew Billings is someone who's quietly been having a great year. He was rewarded Montez sweat. I mean, you, you go out and trade for him. He's part, he's going to be a cornerstone for your defense. Okay. You go ahead and extend him. Jalen Johnson is, is, Pro Football Focus's highest graded cornerback in the NFL. He's been having his best season. I mean, we've seen this before, though, with Roquan Smith and David Montgomery, players who I thought were deserving of an extension. I think Roquan more so than Montgomery. And it didn't happen, but maybe that was because the bridge was burned at that point and it was beyond repair. But with Jalen Johnson, he's been a consummate professional throughout this whole whole thing. He's reiterated that he wants to stay in Chicago. Ryan Poles has said that he wants him to stay in Chicago. Although we've heard him say that about Broquan and Dave Montgomery, but you know, there's still hope because the bridge isn't burned yet. And because Jalen does want to come back and he is playing to that level where he is earning a contract extension or someone's going to pay him. Uh, if, if the bears don't, that's for sure. That's the drama we're going to be, uh, we're going to be following throughout. That's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, it sounds like Justin Fields has a chance to return Alyssa uh, but we, we don't know yet. I think the official injury report on that, the official decision might come a day after we're done recording this, and then the podcast will will post that next day. So forgive us, folks. We don't have all the information, but I did find what Eberflus had to say about this. He said there there were three levers that have to get pulled for Fields to be uh, you know, cleared to go, right? The first one is the medical staff has to clear him. Thank you, Matt Eberflus. I was not sure about that. So that's, that's in, nice insight. Number two, his favorite fields himself needs to sign off and say he could function well enough to play. So he needs to go into the office and say, Hey, Justin, can you play? And then Justin's going to say, yes. So um, we all know how that one goes. That's hilarious. I love that. Eberflu. He always throws that in there. We got to check with Justin. It's going to be up to Justin. It's like, we all know if it's up to Justin, he'd be out there uh, this past week. He would have been there in new Orleans playing. But anyway, I, I just, yeah. Can't help myself. That was the same conversation we had last season yeah. on this podcast. Brian Rooney had the shoulder injury and about forcing him back. And, you know, Eberflus is like, oh, Justin can decide if he's going to play. And I'm like, no, that's your job. <laughs> <laughs> so you have medical personnel on your on your in your organization to make those kind of decisions. Um, but yeah, that, that's he's crazy. So I mean, it, it's Eberflus is going to Eberflus. We know that. <laughs> he's so funny. Uh, and then finally he gets it. And I'm almost surprised he puts this one in. But the third one is. The coaches need to evaluate how Fields is throwing the ball and operating to determine whether he can return or not. It's like, yes, that's probably number one. It's, is he healthy enough to play and can he can he play? I think those are the two. You don't need the one where you check with Fields. I mean, that I just 
I don't know. That that's just my chuckle. I don't really have a take on Fields returning. It's just that I think I like T- Tyson Bajan. He's easy to root for. He's played okay. I thought the start. I I was worried about how he would look at the start of that Saints game, Alyssa. Just being on the road in that kind of atmosphere with the crowd noise and a pretty good Saints defense. Like I thought that was a tough spot for him. And boy, he held up really well early in the game, right? The Bears went down, scored a touchdown right away. They were right there with the Saints going back and forth. Now it got ugly in the second half, obviously. All the turnovers. Yeah. You turn the ball over four times. I mean, what do you want to what do you want to talk about here? Three picks and a fumble. I mean, there's nothing to say there. We all know it's not good enough, but I like Tyson Bajan. I think I think he looks good. I'm ready to see Justin Fields again. <laughs> I'm kind of there, right? I don't know if it'll be Thursday night, but I'm I think we could kind of put that one to bed, right? I think we all we're all ready to see Justin Fields again whenever he's ready. Yeah, agreed. I think you know. Look, I love Tyson Bajan. It's a great story. I think that he's going to be a solid backup quarterback for Chicago for the foreseeable future, which is a great thing. Um, but obviously, I think Bajan's performance against the Saints effectively put to bed any sort of quarterback controversy that some fans were trying to start. Justin Fields is the starting quarterback. He will be when he is healthy enough. Uh, whether that's him declaring it and the medical staff and Eberflus, whatever. Um, yeah, I think that that was the message kind of coming out of this game. Cause I mean, again, Bajan, he, he, he started really well, right? He had a really solid first half where I think he again showed that he's at his best when he's serving as an effective game manager. Um, but then once the saints really kind of started to turn the heat up in the second half, he made some mistakes committing those four turnovers in the game. Three of those came in the fourth quarter. When that game was well within reach, the Bears turned the ball over five times and only lost by one touchdown, which is just impressive. But also, again, it was reminiscent of last season when they were competitive and in these games and they still found a way to lose because guess what? Bad teams find a way to lose. And that's what happened. But, you know, obviously we'll see where Justin Fields is at because, you know, we're recording this on a Tuesday um, after the the practice report injury report was out and they've had two walkthroughs on Monday and Tuesday and fields was listed as limited. And Eberflus was saying how Wednesday is going to kind of be the day where they'll know where they will know because they're going to have a light practice. So at least he'll be throwing. So we'll have a better sense of that. But on Tuesday, you know, two days before the game where we're sitting right now, I don't think fields plays. I would love for him to be healthy enough to play. We'll see. Maybe he surprises, but I mean, you're a two and seven football team. You don't have too much at stake outside of maybe making that Panthers first round pick better for you. Uh, so you're you're not going to risk Justin Fields. I think maybe let him rest for ten days, get healthy, bring him back against the Lions. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really envision him starting on Thursday night. But hey, it's not off the table yet, which is more uh, than we can say for the previous weeks when Eberflus essentially ruled him doubtful or out uh, before the week even started. Yeah, I know. That was just comical. Some of the stuff he was doing with the injury report and when's he ruling the quarterback out. So sounds like he's nearing a return. That's that's good news. Uh, I think that's good news yes. for all of us. I do, you know, I agree with you, Alyssa. I mean, the Bears were in this game. Despite all the, those turnovers, they were in it all the way to the end. The Saints kept trying to give them chances, right? They just kept trying to hand the, the Bears chances, missing field goals. They screw up that fourth and one. I thought if the Saints could just figure out how to get up by 10 there in the fourth, it probably would have been over, but they just couldn't figure it out. And the Bears kept getting chances. They couldn't take advantage of it. Fine. Uh, I think what's interesting about this game is that the Bears won 
pretty much every major statistical category, right? Like you could go down the list, first downs, total yards, time of possession, whatever you want to pick. The Bears pretty much won it. And Saints had a few more passing yards, but the Bears had, uh, again, more total yards, way more rushing yards. They continue to be a good rushing team, a, a continue to be a good team against the run. So you look at all these categories, like the Bears, man, they played really well. They hung in there with the Saints. They just got destroyed in two categories, and that is penalties, where they had eight accepted penalties for 71 yards. The Saints had one penalty for five yards. So major difference there. that came there. at the end. That yep. came near the end of the game, too. Exactly. Eight <laughs> penalties, 71 yards, and then, of course, five turnovers to the Saints zero, right? So, I mean, is it Matt Eberflus's fault that DJ Moore got the ball punched out of his hands there for a fumble? No, probably not, right? Like, But I think when you look at it broadly, when your team gets dominated in penalties and dominated in turnovers, that's on the coaching. It's on the coaching. So I'm sorry. It comes with the territory for Matt Eberflus. I think, Alyssa, for fans <clears throat> like you who have been ready for the Bears to clean house along the coaching staff, I think Sunday was actually a good day for you. Uh, so that's kind of my... My take on the game. I think the penalties and the and the turnovers, it's just not a good look for Eberflus. At the end of the day, I think it ushers him towards the door a little bit faster. I think, no doubt in my mind, the Monday after the regular season is the last day of Eberflus's tenure here. Oh, from your lips to God's ears, like please, let's just let's get him out of here. Because I mean, it was concerning last week when Ryan Poles addressed the media um, after the Montez Sweat trade, and essentially was standing up there and just praising Matt Eberflus for, you know, being a leader and establishing this culture in the locker room. And then just like, no, you're not going to do this, Ryan. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You need to move on from him next year or you're probably gone too. But then kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier, we've seen Ryan Poles get up there and praise Roquan Smith and want him to stay and praise Montgomery and want him to stay and praise Jalen Johnson and want him to stay. I mean, two of those, you know, they were gone anyways. So like maybe him, I mean, what's he going to do? He's not going to stand up there and trash Eberflus, but he did go out of his way to praise him. Maybe he's feeling bad. I don't know. But like you said, I just don't think, and we still have, it's crazy. We still have what another eight games left this season. Things can, and probably will get so much worse at this point. So I just, I don't see any scenario where Matt Eberflus is back next year. I mean, it's frustrating too, because you kind of look at, the situation as a whole too, where if Justin Fields is still the guy and you get rid of Eberflus, obviously Luke gets, he goes with him and then he's learning his, his third offense. Right. Um, or whether you decide to clean house, you know, maybe cleaning house is, is best at this point, you know, get fire Eberflus, obviously get rid of Getsy, bring it, you know, go ahead and draft a new quarterback, maybe uh, bring in a new head coach, hopefully an offensive minded guy. There's so much we can talk about. I mean, I don't want to look too far ahead, but it. I just my point is, I just don't see a scenario where Matt Eberflus is back. I think I'm fully prepared and ready, Ryan. I I already I looked at my my templates that I had for my coach <laughs> when I did the coaching and GM head yep. uh, head coach search uh, a couple of year, years ago, and I'm ready to bring that stuff back up again. Although I'm thankful that it looks like it might just be for the head coach. <laughs> But I, but if they want to part ways, the Eberflus. I mean, sorry, with polls too. I'm I'm good with that. But I am prepared. Uh, this is not my first rodeo, and unfortunately, I don't think it will be my last. Nope, nope. And that's something that you can have just those templates, those coaching search templates, just ready to roll for Bears Wire. It's why you're uh, the best of the business, Alyssa. It is. Um, we have a uh, a matchup to get into. Bears Panthers. Sorry, Al Michaels. I know 
why me? He's, st- he's still screaming into the mirror right now. But we're going to break this down because there are lots of fun angles with this one. And we're going to tell you why here coming up next. But first, here's some fantasy football advice for week 10. Corey Bonini here of TheHuddle.com to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number 10. Quarterback Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks versus Washington Commanders. Quarterbacks have posted at least 279 yards and two touchdowns in five of the last six contests against Washington, helping make this matchup 32.3% better than the league average in that time frame. Smith has more or less been a fantasy anchor this year, but he has the weapons to get the job done here if you're in need of a warm body with a plus matchup, given the likes of Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Tua Tungabailoa, and Jalen Hurts are all on by. Running back Brian Robinson Jr., Washington Commanders at Seattle Seahawks. Let's take a look at the other side of this matchup. On the ground, running backs have averaged 21.8 attempts, just over 116 rushing yards, and a score per game in the last month against the Seahawks. This matchup is much stronger on the ground for Robinson to exploit than via the aerial game, which is where we'll see Antonio Gibson step up. You can find solid RB2 worth here, and Robinson has a rather sturdy floor based on his workload. Washington is going to look to keep Geno Smith and company off the field, and relying on Robinson is the smartest way to accomplish that. Wide receiver Marquise Brown, Arizona Cardinals versus Atlanta Falcons. Quarterback Kyler Murray returns this week, and he'll look to reconnect with Brown. The Falcons have given up the 10th fewest receptions per game since week 4, but this is the easiest opponent against which to score a touchdown in that time frame. 7 of the 55 grabs, or 1 every 7.9, has found the end zone, and this is the third best matchup for PPR efficiency. Brown is a risk-reward wide receiver 3 with number 2 level upside. Logan Thomas, Washington Commanders at Seattle Seahawks. While we typically look to diversify the players and matchups we choose, it's just hard to get away from this one. There's so many angles where fantasy owners can take advantage, especially with so many quality players on by this week. Despite maintaining a consistently valid target share, Thomas has produced erratic results and has a rather low ceiling, especially without finding the end zone. He's a weak flyer for a score, but the volume data against Seattle suggests that he could be a favorable play with a reception-heavy showing in PPR scoring. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out the huddle. All right, you got to be ready for this, right? The two and seven Bears, the one and seven Panthers. It's just, it's just great stuff. Great TV, right? No, no, I'm sure a lot of people out there, they don't care about this game, Alyssa, but we do because in terms of the 2024 NFL draft for fans and people like us, this is the Super Bowl, right? This is the Bears Super Bowl. This is the biggest game of the year because if the season ended today, the Cardinals would be picking first overall and the Bears would be picking second via the Panthers from that trade, obviously, last year. We obviously want the Panthers to keep pace with the Arizona Cardinals and hope that Kyler Murray does come back. It is at least worth a few wins here for that crap team down the road, right? So what's your take on this? I think this is all hands on deck. Like, yes, fire up Justin Fields. Get him out there if he can play. We're firing up Montez Sweat. Of course, this is why Ryan Poles gave up the second round pick. He needs to make sure he secures number one overall, right? So we got to get Montez Sweat in here. We got to beat the Panthers. I'm hyperbolizing, obviously, but it's the biggest game remaining on the Bears' schedule, I think. Maybe not to the players, maybe not to Matt Eberflus, who might not be here when the Bears pick, you know, potentially number one overall next year. But I think, you know, what's the biggest, what's the next biggest game on the schedule? The Packers in week 18? I mean, we might be, we might be looking forward to the offseason by then. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Uh, So I think this is the biggest game left. Thursday night football. I am, and I'm also, I'm all in on the Bears this week. I'll tell you why, Alyssa, but. This is the Super Bowl, right? This is the 2024 first round overall pick. First overall pick, I'm sorry. Super Bowl. This is what it is. Yeah. I Unless you're a Bears fan or a Panthers fan or getting paid to watch this game, you probably shouldn't 
be watching this game on Thursday night. Go do something better. Go spend time with your family. Go take a walk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in Florida, so I don't know if it's like really cold or if it's supposed to be, but I don't know. Just go do something else. I mean, it has the potential to be ugly. These are two of the arguably worst NFL teams uh, in the NFL right now. So it has the potential to get ugly. But as you said, it's a big game for the Bears looking ahead to the offseason, which you were, you were, Ryan, you were like, oh, maybe we'll be talking about the offseason. We've been talking about the offseason, I think, since like week three on this podcast. Um, but yeah, it's going to be big for that draft pick. As you mentioned, they have the Panthers first round pick right now. It's number two. The Bears are sitting at number three. And depending on what Ryan Poles wants to do this offseason, whether it's, you know, stick with Justin Fields and use that number one pick and trade it back again, because, you know, your Caleb Williams and Drake may, you know, going to be a hot commodity. So teams are going to want to trade up uh, to get one of those or maybe, you know, getting getting the number one pick and getting your choice of quarterback if they opt to move on from Justin Fields or even bring him in to, to compete. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. There's so so many storylines, too, because obviously we have the first round pick looking ahead to next year. Right. And if you win, then you ensure that, you know, the Panthers still have that one win. You hope that Kyler Murray is able to get the Cardinals on a little winning streak here just to kind of put some distance in between you. Um, Then there's also obviously the first round pick from last year, you know, Bryce Young coming in here. I feel like you cannot let him come in to Soldier Field, put on a show and make you look bad and make you look silly for not taking him when you have the opportunity. Right. Then there's the storylines with the former Bears, right? DJ Moore traded from the Panthers, part of that that package for that number one pick. And Deontay Foreman, who should be the workhorse back, we'll see, because Khalil Herbert uh, was designated to return from IR, but they don't have to rush him back. He has that that 21-day practice window, so we shall see, though he has been a full participant listed on the injury report. So, I mean, there's just so many storylines in this game, not that I think any of those storylines are exciting to uh, to people that aren't Bears or Panthers fans. So, I mean, it's something to write about. So, uh, like you said, Ryan, I think that this is a big game for the Bears in terms of the future because this is a 2-7 and seven team. They're not really doing anything. They're not going anywhere at this point. So, the only thing that matters right now is beat the Panthers, make that first-round pick better. Yeah, it's a big one in that regard. It's... The Bears are three and a half point favorites. I think that's assuming Tyson Bajan is the starting quarterback. Who knows if the line moves at all? If Justin Fields is named the starter, we'll find out. Uh, but the Panthers have not been a good road team. They're 0-4 on the road this year. They haven't covered a road spread nice. all year. So that bodes well <laughs> for it. the Bears. First of all, the total's down to 40 points. So, I mean, I'm going over every time with the Bears when you give me a total of 40 points. I, I think that line is a little low. I know a lot of people are saying, it's the Bears and the Panthers. Oh, they're not going to be able to score. I, I just don't know if I agree with that. I would. I like the over, but I think I like the spread more. I, I like the Bears to cover uh, uh, the spread, Alyssa. I, first of all, I love home teams in Thursday night games. So that's just one thing. You know, it's just it's always bad football. So never mind when you get two two teams with a combined three wins at this point in the season. It's going to be bad football anyway, probably. But it's it's even worse when it's Thursday night. Um, and the, the matchup for Chicago, I I I kind of like the feel here. Like they can make the Panthers one dimensional by taking away the run. The Bears have been, as you mentioned earlier, just awesome against the run. Now you add Montez Sweat to the line, like that's all good. Um, and you're going against Bryce Young in the NFL's worst ranked pass offense right now. So you could make them one dimensional, kind of pin the ears back, go get Bryce Young, play some pass defense. I don't know. I I don't see the Panthers 
beating the Bears here. And also, it's just too important of a game for the Bears. They got to win it. So uh, they, they cannot lose this game, Alyssa. This is the Super Bowl. I love the Bears minus three and a half. I don't really care if it's Bajan or Fields. I like the Bears. That's my pick with some confidence this week. What do you think about that spread? Yeah, no, I'm confident, too, in the three points there. But I also, do we have an over-under for the number of interceptions? Uh, I'm (laughs) assuming that it's both Bryce Young and Tyson Bajan because they combined for six picks last week. Oh, God, yeah. uh, (laughs) Including two pick sixes by Bryce Young. So, I mean, this could, I mean, looking at the over, if he makes some of those rookie mistakes, if, I don't know, maybe this is where... We, the Bears pass rush comes to life again, right? Last time they played on Thursday Night Football, they had a season-high five sacks, which is half of their total for the entire season, by the way. So <laughs> we'll see if this pass rush with Montez Sweat, maybe he gets his first or multiple, right? Uh, I could see his, it. I could see it. And force Bryce Young into some mistakes there. And I don't know. Maybe that helps the over. So I don't know. I think I'm going to take the three. I'm going to take the over. And I'm going to take the over on the – no, I'm going to take the under on the interceptions. <laughs> Yeah, let's hope. Uh, but yeah, there, there definitely could be some turnovers and some just ugly football altogether. Uh, but, you know, we're used to that. We cover the Bears, Bears fans, all that. You know, we're used to that, right, Alyssa? So that's that's what it is. Uh, so anything special, like anything changed for you guys at Bears Wire when you're, when you're getting ready for a Thursday night football game? Anything folks should be looking for after the game in terms of like what you guys are working on on the site? What do you got? Um, well, right now we're cramming uh, everything into a short week. Uh, so it's just like post after post after post. So we have plenty of pregame content. I haven't even gotten a chance to get to my hot seat watch um, for a couple of weeks because it's just been so busy. So I'm going to revisit that. Love and it. I apologize that I haven't been able to. It's just been crazy nonstop. I feel another 2.30 uh, bedtime for me on, on the Thursday or technically Friday morning, I guess, um, after the game. And you know, we're going to have after that, we'll have our typical post game coverage on Friday and then kind of uh, looking ahead for the for the rest of the season and kind of like a midway check as well uh, for the next couple of days when things are quiet. And I'm going to, you know, try to try to relax. Right. It's a it's a mini bye week. Uh, going to try to relax, watch some football, some college football, uh, Michigan, Penn State's coming up on Saturday. It'd be a big game for me. Go blue. Uh, just gonna, yeah, I like when these, you know, these Thursday games, it's kind of crazy the lead up to the game, but then it's nice because you have like a long weekend. It was like, you know, when you went to school and you, you know, you had Monday off or you had Friday off and it's a nice weekend just to kind of relax a little bit. So at about a little bit more of the midway point of the season, which I can't believe that we're already here in week 10. My goodness, crazy. How, how fast is this flop? It goes, by? it goes by so fast. Just crazy. And then we're going to be looking ahead, like already looking ahead to the offseason. And then I'm going to be missing football at the same time. Like it's, oh, it, it, it's so quick. But yeah, Bears Panthers. So <laughs> I apologize in advance to, to, to people who aren't Bears <laughs> and Panthers fans because we know elsewhere. But and poor Al Michaels. Just Al Michaels. I'll, Kirk, I'll be thinking of Kirk him. Kirk Street, all these guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This should be fun. It'd be fun listening to Kirk Street try to like make this game really interesting. Right. But who knows? The Bears. Commander's game was kind of interesting there, uh, you know, at least if you're That's a Bears true. fan. So we'll see if this one is too. Another another crappy Thursday night football matchup for the Bears. Uh, but it should be fascinating. The Bears wire is the place to be for everything pregame, postgame, all that. Of course, Alyssa and the crew, best of the business. Check that out, of course. And in terms of the podcast, we appreciate you as always for uh, joining us. And we will be back next week with more. We'll catch you then. And as always, bear down. Bear down.